Hello, what is up everyone? How are we? Hope you all are doing well as is possible. Um, If this is your first time tuning in, welcome to the show. This is In Defense of Liberation, the show that is working towards and educating about a true people's liberation movement, uh, aka proletarian revolution. Uh, And we're going to talk about that a little bit today, and we're also going to talk about some of the impediments and some of the difficulties with this question of uh, proletarian revolution as it relates to national liberation of oppressed people groups, but especially as it is coming to the end of February. And uh, February is made to be Black History Month here in the United States, um, which a lot of us get some, you know, tricklings down of lessons maybe, of uh, factoids about these individuals uh, or individual moments. We might learn about some civil rights leaders. We might learn about some uh, former enslaved uh, and unpaid laborers. Uh, We might learn about folks like Harriet Tubman or Frederick Douglass or Martin Luther King Jr., But, of course, as many folks smarter than me have pointed out, um, this is not like a a revolutionary um, history that we are told. It's not a revolutionary holiday. um, But it's, in fact, a tool used to co-opt the black liberation struggle, the African liberation struggle... And that's kind of what I want to talk about today. And I want to talk about the difficulties that uh, really face us in the age of imperialism. And after the four to six hundred years plus of colonialism happening around the world in non-white nations by the white nations, uh, the tools such as racism, sexism, patriarchy, uh, private property, um, individualism and things of that nature capitalism and commodification which really wrecked the African people in the continent of Africa but also African people who were forced out or taken out by multiple different means of Africa and placed uh, around the world or forced to go to places around the world to try to seek their liberation um Anyways, so for folks who don't know, (laughs) I am white, so I'm not here to lead this discussion and pretend like I know everything or that I should be the uh, predominant voice for anyone to learn about these topics, please. Uh, Everything I mention, you know, there's source material you can look up. You can check out uh, groups like the All African People's Revolutionary Party. You can check out Black Myths Podcast. Um... And there's a lot of different great works that are coming out. Like I have seen that uh, Dr. Sharice Bernastelli uh, has been going around and talking about the uh, Black Women Communist Writings book that uh, her and I believe Jody Dean, um, I can't recall though, uh, helped collect the, the different writings and speeches in order to put together that, that book, which folks should 100% check out. 
Um, but you should also look into the history of the African liberation struggles that have taken place in the continent of Africa and in North America, the Americas generally, and around the world. Um, so first and foremost, we're going to talk about this identification of black, um, this identification of, you know, race. And I want to mention that, again, I'm no expert, so uh, I've only been able to learn from the comrades and individuals who have uh, spoken out, written about, uh, done demonstrations for and organized around these issues that, uh, you know, I've been able to try to find and learn from. So, uh, you know, race as a construct, as it came into existence, was developed in a certain time where, as Walter Rodney talks about, the white world was colonizing the non-white world, which is still happening today. So you have Europe going around the world, starting with, you know, a, you could locate it at a few different time periods in history, but one of the most commonly sourced is the Spanish Inquisition. Um, where colonialism really began, especially in the Americas. But as far as I uh, know, the different forms of exploitation taking place in Africa um, were attempted over time throughout much earlier centuries when, you know, like the um, Ethiopian kingdom uh, existed where, uh, you know, different parts of the African continent were actually quite strong, quite uh, developed and advanced, had relationships with Asia, with uh, what we consider the, quote, Middle East, with the Mediterranean, um, and in some cases even with the Americas due to, and Europe, due to, you know, the transatlantic slave trade and other uh, historical uh, trade routes that took place. Um, Anyways, uh, my point here being that the, the, the tool of racism, right, became a necessity at a certain point when Europe was having to not only find, you know, just simply justification for its population base, but also find, you know, uh, kind of uh, loopholes in their religion, right? Uh, as well as develop uh, certain structures for especially the theft of private property and the exploitation of the land resources and people of Africa. So when this became like a, a pretty well established practice that Europe, uh, different nations were taking part in, um, it was necessary for the, the white, what is considered the white European populations, which, uh, oddly enough is also, a a, a pretty historical moment when whiteness actually solidifies itself because up until, you know, this point, Europe had been warring for centuries amongst itself um, and had its own forms of racism against Jewish people, against Romas, against uh, different ethnic groups and nationalities. Um, 
against Irish people, right? Against the Welsh, many others. Britain, France, the Dutch, Netherlands, um, and others came to incorporate this tool into their arsenal. Um, Because they also had to convince people to be colonists. And also had to convince people like, oh yeah, you can go to, say, North America and you can have the right to own people because according to the European propaganda, Africans were not people. Um, And so this distinction of skin color, white versus black, of race, came to existence at a certain historical moment where the European powers had begun to not only solidify their control, but also solidify their unity and consolidation of power under the phrase or the construct of whiteness. Someone who is really great to read about this is uh, Gerald Horn. Um, So always shout out Comrade Horn. But uh, the Black Alliance for Peace has also spoken about this, and the Black Agenda Report has written many has has had many articles written that they've posted, and uh, a lot of different um, revolutionaries, not only in Africa but also here in the United States, has uh, have used this uh, this development, right? This historical development as a political education tool to show people, like, look, you are not, uh, you know, a a second-class citizen. You're not, quote-unquote, black, as in, like, that's a identity or a a denunciation that is, you know, previous to the the period of colonialism ever really truly existed. But you're also not the many other phrases and terms, of course, that the white colonists and uh, imperialists have used to denote African people um, and, you know, non-European peoples um, for a long time. So all of this to say that racism, right, race uh, has to be deeper understood and taken into consideration as uh, really a part of the arsenal of the, the colonists um, coming into Africa and bringing Africans out of Africa or forcing them out. So another tool that's connected here is this identification of African peoples and non-white peoples as ignorant, backward, um, It was Ronald Reagan in the 80s who said that the people of Africa had only stepped out of the jungle 40 years prior. Um, And this is an ideology 
that is constructed by the Europeans in order to enslave not only the African continent and masses, but also the European population's minds. Because, again, I think it's pretty commonly pointed out that, like, when you're born, you're not born racist, right? These things are taught to you. So, again, you had conflicts among the European masses that had been going on for some time, and there was a developing proletariat movement, there was a developing oppressed nationality and national liberation struggle in places like Ireland, in Poland, in the uh, Slavic nations, in uh, the Imperial Russia, the uh, jailhouse of nations, all throughout Uh, Europe and Asia, there were many different national liberation struggles taking place. There were national liberation struggles taking place also in uh, the Americas against the colonists. Um, Anyways, this is all obfuscated and taught as if these were maniacal or frantic or animalistic behaviors that the indigenous peoples of the uh, colonized nations were, you know, reacting with due to, again, like a, a backward nature, as if anyone would have someone step into their home with a gun pointed at them and act respectably and diplomatically. Um, so, again, Gerald Horn and uh, Walter Rodney and Emilcar Cabral and Kwame Nkrumah as well as Kwame Toure formerly Stokely Carmichael and others before them like uh, Martin Luther King Jr., Malcolm X uh, Elijah Muhammad and uh, uh, Paul Robeson Walter Pat- or, um, Walter Patterson um, what is his first name? Patterson went with Paul Robeson and W.E.B. Du Bois to try to deliver We Charge Genocide of the United Nations. It's not William Pat Is it William Patterson? Anyways. Um, but also, you know, W.E.B. Du Bois, Frederick Douglass, you had Marcus Garvey, and plenty of others who we probably never have heard of. Um who spoke clearly about the fact that this was a weaponization of the European masses who they themselves were dealing with poverty, with unemployment, with uh, disease, with famine, with oppression and quote-unquote authoritarianism, religious extremism, sexism, patriarchy, slavery, etc. And offset those contradictions, offset that conflict onto the colonized peoples. So that's where, like, the North American colonies come from. That's where Australia comes from. That's where, uh, formerly Rhodesia comes from. And, um... You know, a lot of the 
occupations and settlements in colonized nations is A, literally like just taking the populations of Europe and just placing them in other pockets of the world to wreak havoc and take power, not for themselves in a lot of cases, but under the guise that they are helping either Catholicism or Europe or whiteness or whatever take control. But eventually, of course, as we know, this eventually led to a class of white, murderous rapists, slaveholders, capitalists, tradesmen, and uh, genocidal maniacs, shall we say, who didn't want to listen to the European powers anymore. And we got Australia, we got, quote, America, um, Canada. This is a very important uh, point to understand because it helps us to denote the context by which certain people and their struggles exist in. So, okay, it's Black History Month, right? And at my school, where I uh, work, I have to see all these black capitalists and all these uh, politicians and all these, you know, um, turncoats, these opportunists praised beside folks like Malcolm X and Martin Luther King Jr. and Frederick Douglass and Harriet Tubman, um, Because liberalism is a fucking plague And it rots out your brain And it does not help you to see Very obvious contradictions in front of you So, like, someone like Kanye West No joke Is on the same banner As fucking Malcolm X Right beside, um Uh, Lizzo I'm not joking. Kamala Harris. I think... I think Rosa Parks is on there. Trying to imagine the banner in my head right now. But anyways, okay. So that's what we're given, right? here's Here's your black history for you. Look at these people who got rich or are in power who happen to be black. Lloyd Austin Jr., right? the fucking head of the Department of Defense is a a black man. Uh, Fucking, there's so many individuals who happen to have accomplished certain feats or gained power or prominence or wealth or property, um, which the African peoples around the world are meant to idealize and idolize Um, and white folks are taught that these are the examples of good black people right which is hysterical because obviously Malcolm X 
Martin Luther King Jr. They were literally the FBI's most wanted. All of America hated them. Europe hated them. Um, they got Paul Robeson and W.B. Du Bois' passports and tormented them into death, basically. Uh, and they killed colonized people all around the world. And yet, after they kill them, because they killed them, because they control the narrative, they then get to decide what parts and what memories of these individuals or of these histories of the or of these time periods that we are meant to recall. So <clears throat> Blackness Podcast did a really great episode and I can't remember what other program did. I think it might have been All African People's Revolutionary Party where they talked about the importance of African liberation. Um, versus black history, right? So I watched this really cool clip on YouTube. There's actually two clips, both titled the same thing. You should check them both out. African Liberation Day 1972. Uh, one of them is posted by uh, Afro-Marxist. And the other one, I can't remember the the user that put the channel I should say but check those both out because they were really cool Walter Rodney speaks in one of them um Elaine Brown uh and some other real great comrades speak at some of these uh events and the narration of it is really cool too um African people around the world are as a mass constantly developing new forms of identification new forms of understanding their history of organizing themselves and of struggle it is not up to us to look at this or that struggle and make a judgment call but rather, it's important for us to understand that African liberation is a historical phenomenon which is inevitable, which is constantly happening, and which is an international connected movement that has many different facets, tactics, strategies, organizations, and parts. I want to talk about two things. One, national liberation. Two, armed struggle. First one, national liberation. In the United States, African liberation is necessary. We cannot have a socialist project. We cannot have a revolution or a proletarian movement without African, indigenous, Mexican and other liberation movements taking their own destinies, histories, modes of production, land, culture, and movement into their own hands. That means the different independent struggles that have happened in Africa that have then signed on to the imperialist front must be struggled against. That means the 
European populations which exist within Africa have to be struggled against. Some can be struggled with. Some have to be struggled against. National liberation as a whole represents a, again, a phenomenon, a historical development, a process where, first and foremost, a population begins to recognize itself as a nation, as an oppressed people. That means they share a culture, a history, a language, or languages, religious practices, political structures, histories, and interconnected struggles. Second of all, once they begin to recognize themselves as a nation, they have to begin to not only struggle to build the nation, but also to destroy the oppressive nation, which is not allowing them to take hold of their own histories, land, modes of production, etc. For a national liberation struggle to fully be seen as succeeding, the nation, the population, the masses, the people of the oppressed nation must have all of their resources and power firmly in the hands of conscious, freedom-fighting, national liberation struggle movements, organizations, and individuals. It cannot be said that a national liberation struggle has succeeded when a European bank or mine or oil company or political party or population still controls a portion or a sizable part of any of these uh, parts of the society. So this means that also in a national liberation, again, building the nation means building different institutions different cultural practices, different social relations, different economic structures, and different theories, different ideas, different uh, practices that ultimately transform the population into a nation. Um, One of the most important things that tends to be central to that is, of course, education. So education... Uh, is one of the main ways that the European powers and that the colonists and imperialists continue to oppress not only the African peoples, but the non-white populations of the world by controlling their media, education, and, uh, you know, intelligentsia. Ultimately, they stall a true national liberation struggle from being able to take place. But this is always part of the struggle because... If you look to places in Africa, one I, you know, I don't <coughs> necessarily have all the expertise that I would like on, but that I do enjoy learning about is uh, the Congo. Like any other liberation struggle, there were parts of the movement that were interested in either compromising with or finding ways to work with the former colonizing powers. In the Congo, the... um, Oh, wow. 
lost my train of thought. Uh, the Congo was uh, oppressed by the Belgians. The Belgians uh, had a disgustingly uh, murderous reign. Uh, I can't think of what the king's name was, but um, one of the main orders by which uh, the colonizers took control in the area was uh, as punishment or probably just by the whim of the colonizers they cut off the hands of like two and a half million people something like that maybe less but equally still um and also tormented the population to an extent by which of course they went on to believe that they could never be free which is a method of like the kkk the proud boys and others in north america the George Washington's, Thomas Jefferson's, the Benjamin Franklin's, etc. The John Locke's, the Thomas Hobbes, all of these supposed liberal thinkers who believe that the colonization of Africa, the genocide of the indigenous population, the theft from Asia and the uh, oppression of the Asian population, the destruction of Mexico, etc., um, this all was uh, seen by these supposed enlightened thinkers as kind of the way the world works, you know? They're the ignorant, backward, jungle folk, as they believed. And the European masses were, of course, as they believed, the enlightened higher echelon of uh, human beings. Which is bullshit. But, of course, things like racism, phrenology... Uh, religious extremism, liberal, enlightened thought, all methods by which the imperialists and colonizers kept control. So I I got just a moment here before I have to kind of lead us to our conclusion, but when we're talking about African liberation, especially in the context of like the United States, but also internationally, We have to understand that it, of course, has to be led by Africans. Um, So all these different portions historically that have had any interest in compromising or working alongside the European powers in order to free themselves either had a misconception or an opportunistic angle to keep the African masses enslaved. Because if you look at the different institutions that exist around the world, the way that AFRICOM, uh, the economic structure, the resource extraction, the military structure of most of these African nations, the constant warring and conflict, which always seems to be either fueled, armed, or instituted by the U.S. and European powers, um, It's impossible to expect then in that context that African people are going to be able to have a real ability to make their own decisions, to produce as they need, to develop their country, to educate themselves, to reorganize and develop social relations and economic structures which are beneficial to the majority or to all, as one might hope, um, minus the former capitalists and colonizers, of course. But neocolonialism has snuck in 
and uh, as Amilcar Cabral points out, is one of the two forms of imperialism, the first being colonialism, the second being neocolonialism, which are really just, you know, convenient phrases that we use to understand a historical process that is constantly in motion, which is constantly taking on new uh, apparati and uh, arms in order to further oppress and repress and exploit and extract. Similarly to how the state in the oppressive nation itself against the population within the oppressor nation uh, develops itself in order to stave back the revolutionary movements of the oppressor nationalities population themselves. This is what the counter-revolution of 1776 and the different European bourgeois revolutions that took place, um, capitalist revolutions, which just wanted to shuffle a deck of who gets to make the money and who gets to do the exploiting, <clears throat> and didn't lead to a socialization of labor or of the wealth or uh, end to private property or a dictatorship of the proletariat. Uh, therefore cannot be seen as revolutionary or progressive movements. So shut the fuck up about America being revolutionary for the love of God. Anyways, um, African liberation in the context of 2023 also is important to reckon with kind of like straight on because there's a lot of contradictory realities that are complex and need to be understood because of the way that colonialism and imperialism seeks to pit different colonized uh, and oppressed people groups against one another. So, you know, a context that one might want to bring up is like the West Indies, where Africans, uh, the indigenous populations, uh, Indians from India, uh, and then folks who identify as West Indy, um, uh, and then the European masses are also, uh, mixed in there, and we can't just go on to say that, you know, revolution looks like X. We have to reckon with the contradictions. The same goes for, um, obviously the struggle for liberation in the Americas, because... Certainly the African peoples <clears throat> of the Americas are oppressed and must be aided and supported in their liberation struggles and uh, must also take leadership of those liberation struggles. But those liberation struggles must not dis discount, discredit, or um, disregard the struggles of other colonized and uh, oppressed peoples within the Americas, which, you know, in a lot of cases doesn't tend to be a problem until things like infiltration or opportunism or uh, co-optation uh, solidify themselves. So lastly, as we kind of start to transition into our conclusion here, I want to say that um, African liberation is necessary, African liberation is inevitable, and African liberation is a process where African peoples around the world internationally build organizations 
that are revolutionary and actually intend to build new social relations and economic structures which don't continue in any way, shape, or form the continued patterns of colonialism and imperialism which we see around the world in Africa, in Asia, in Latin America. And in order to do that, they have to really be able to build a base with the African masses and with the African population. So for us, what we have to do as non-Africans is understand that our role in the struggle is not primary for African liberation in the sense that we are not here to take up leadership, but we are here to struggle with our uh, comrades and with the oppressed peoples of the world for national liberation and for the ability for the oppressed people groups to actually have power in their own hands. Because ultimately, if we want a proletarian revolution, if we want a socialist revolution, if we want communism, the people themselves, oppressed people groups all over the world, have to have power. They have to have control over their own destinies, over their own resources, over their own labor force, over their economies, over their land and nations, international ties and relationships. So what I'm saying here is check out the Black Alliance for Peace. Join the Solidarity Network if you're not an African. Um, Check out the different historical, revolutionary, national liberation struggles that have taken place in Africa, in Latin America, in Asia, in uh, North America, where Africans have either struggled for their own independence in a sense, land, resources, or struggled alongside other oppressed people groups for liberation in general. Um, we have a lot to learn, and we especially as white folks, have a lot to do and a lot of mistakes to make up for and a lot of mistakes to not repeat and a lot of work to be done. So um, in this case, let me just say all power to the people, uh, freedom for African people, Africa for Africans, uh, all power to the African peoples of the Americas, of Europe, of Asia, of the globe and all people around the world all power to the revolutionary masses movements parties and organizations which are seeking full liberation which are seeking national struggles national liberation but also socialist revolution and a redistribution of the wealth, land, resources, materials, modes of productions, and power to the people themselves. So all power, uh, peace, love, and socialism to you all. We will speak soon.